Thank you for joining us today for this life-changing message from River of Life. If you are ever in our area, we would love for you to join us. For more information, visit us at rolcrofferville.com. That's rolcrofferville.com. Or download our app in the App Store under ROL Crofferville. Now, let's join Associate Pastor Chuck Coburn as he teaches from the Word of God. Let's pray together. Father, thank you so much this morning for just music and how it moves our very soul to love you and to worship you and allow our, uh, our minds and our hearts to be more open to you. And so I ask this morning that you would give us listening ears. You would give us a, a learning heart and help us not to be too me focus, but you focus. Help us to truly be opened up to your will and your way so that we can be victorious in all of life and live life to its fullest. I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I had the privilege of growing up in a small rural town. And one of the blessings about growing up in a small rural town when I was younger, was that you could pretty much leave the doors unlocked at your house. I mean, you never had to worry about anybody coming in. And if the people that did come in, you knew them. Not only that, you could go places and leave your doors to your vehicle unlocked. And you could leave items in there and not worry about them missing. But you know, as time went on, we had to start locking the doors to our vehicles. We had to start locking the doors to our home. And now, unfortunately, we live in a day and time where not only do we have to lock the doors to our home, but we also have to be very protective in our home. Because so many people now have come into our homes violently to steal us from us, to even harm us. And in 2005, Governor Jeb Bush issued a law called Stand Your Ground. And that law was instituted to protect you and to protect me. Now, I know this law has been taken out of context and it's hurt some people. But for the most part, this law was designed to protect us from those who would invade our very home. What's interesting is that this law was not new. It was first instituted in England. It was called the Castle Doctrine by Sir Edward Coke in 1628. Now, just to let you know, guys, I am not this smart. I am blessed to have uh, a renowned friend named Sam Elliott. And Sam is a lawyer. And Sam helped me get this information. So I want you to know, first of all, I'm not this smart. I, I went ahead and went to somebody in the legal field to help me out. But this is what it says in the Castle Doctrine. The court held that everyone may assemble his friends and his neighbors to defend his house against violence. Now, you may be wondering, why am I talking about that? Because every day, we are being threatened by an enemy that sometimes appears to be a friend and sometimes he comes out very dangerous. 
But the truth of the matter is, he invades the very core of our heart and our life. And he does that through the media that we see and hear. The people that we speak and see every day in our life. He even will do that through past memories. And also the very mirror that you look into every morning. The enemy is attacking you. He's attacking me each and every day of our life. And if we're not careful, he will defeat us. He will kill us and destroy us. And I want you to know that none of us are exempt from this. Every now and then you think maybe uh, we pastors are exempt from that very thing. And we're not. We may be more inclined to be attacked than you. I remember many years ago, I had been a youth pastor for about 15 years. And I left to go do senior pastor work. And I went to a church up in South Haven, Mississippi, and I pastored there for almost two years. And for whatever reason, and I know I was a lot to blame, our church just didn't seem to be going in the direction that it needed to be. And I met with a group of people one night. And as we were discussing, not even a leader, a man stood up in the church and he said, Chuck, you are no pastor You should have never gotten in the ministry and you need to get out while you can. What hurt worse than that was that nobody defended me. So I turned in my resignation and I moved back to Florida. Got out of the ministry for six months. I felt like maybe I'd failed the Lord. Maybe I'd done the wrong thing. In that moment haunted me day after day, night after night, because I felt like I just did not hear what I needed to hear. And finally, God is so merciful. The the pastor that I grew up under called me and he said, hey, listen, we've had a local pastor that's had a stroke. It's hard to find somebody this late. Could you please fill the pulpit for him? Hesitantly, I said, yes, sir, I'll be more than happy to do that. And then I started prepping. Because, see, up until that point, rather than looking at my successes, I had looked at my failures. Rather than fighting against the enemy, I had pretty much waved the white flag and surrendered to him. Rather than running to the Lord... I just stood still and let the devil beat me up. And then rather than standing firm in my faith, not only as a pastor, but as a Christian, I retreated. So now I get the opportunity to preach once again. And he started it up. This time, rather than looking at my failures, I looked at my Savior. Rather than retreating... I pressed in harder to the Lord. And then rather than listening to the enemy, I listened to the Holy Spirit. And rather than retreating, I stood my ground. And today I want to speak to you on the subject of standing your ground. you got to stand firm. That is the title of my message this morning. You and I need to stand firm. If you will, turn with me to Ephesians chapter 6. 
And while you're turning to Ephesians chapter 6, I want to give you kind of a background of the church of Ephesus, the city of Ephesus. Neat place. Ephesus was a seaport. It was located on the western side of Asia Minor. In fact, it is said that it was one of the greatest seaports in ancient days. And the reason for that was because it had six main roadways that came into it, or however you looked at it, exited it. But also it had the port for ships to come in, drop off cargo, and then exit. So here is Ephesus that is allowing people to come in and leave, allowing people off ships to come in and leave. And as these people came in, what they did was they brought in false doctrines. They brought in pagan practices. They brought in idolatry and many other things. And so Paul had to address them on these very issues. You know what? We are a lot like Ephesus. Many people are coming into our area. And why not? Wakulla County is a beautiful place to live. And a lot of good people are coming in. But at the same time, we have a lot of bad people. And they're bringing in things that, if you and I are not careful, are going to change the way we think about salvation. It's going to change the way we hold the doctrine of the Bible to be true and holy. It's going to change the way you live your life. And so we have to be very careful to stand firm. And as Paul addresses the church of Ephesus some 2,000 years ago, today he's addressing me and you. And this is what it says in Ephesians 6, verse 10. A final word. Paul has already addressed the church in a lot of areas. And Paul says, this is like my final word. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Therefore, and therefore means whatever came before, this is what follows, put on every piece of God's armor so you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will still be standing what? Firm. The battles that we engage in every day, the battles that you and I fight, are not what they appear to be. Verse 12 makes that clear. It says, we are not fighting against flesh and blood, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world. What we need to understand is that the battle we're fighting is not a physical battle. It's a spiritual battle. Every battle you and I will ever encounter always starts in the spiritual realm. Then sometimes proceeds into the physical realm. See, the boss that you have at work, the problem is not the boss. It's somebody who's controlling the boss. But not only that, the problem is how you fight against what may be happening with that bad boss. Students, the issue is not with your teachers. It may be with you and how you're reacting and responding and honoring your teachers. See, it's not a physical. In other words, it's not that teacher. It's the devil that is using that teacher or the devil that's using you to have odds against that teacher. See, we fight a spiritual battle. It's not physical. But so often 
we go into a spiritual battle and we fight it with a physical fight. It's kind of like going to a gunfight with a what? A knife. And the reason why we keep losing this battle over and over and over again is because we're trying to fight a spiritual battle in a physical means. And it will never, ever work. If we're ever going to defeat the enemy, we have to fight on spiritual terms and on spiritual grounds. Other than that, you're going to lose every time. And for those who have been fighting this fight this way, you know there is victory when we fight the devil through the, through the power of Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen? So if I'm fighting a spiritual battle, then how do we fight? Well, Paul makes that clear how we fight this battle. First of all, we've got to learn to be strong in the Lord. Go back and look at verse 10. He says, the final word, be strong in the Lord. In other words, if we are going to win the battles we face each and every day, we've got to be strong. In order to be strong, that means we've got to work out. Not physically, but spiritually. I'll never forget, I was a freshman in high school. And it may be hard for you to imagine, but when I was a freshman in high school, I was four foot eleven and ninety-eight pounds. I mean I was a giant. You know? <laughs> I I got picked on, I got lost in the crowd. I mean, I was just, you know, skin and bones. And yes, I got picked on a lot. And there was no way for me to win the battle. So I did what any smart young man would do. I got in the weight room. And I'll never forget my freshman year. I weighed 98 pounds and only could bench press 85. And I was massive. But I lifted and I lifted. By the time I was a senior, I weighed in at 124 pounds and could legally bench press 275. I got quit. People quit picking on me. Why? Because I worked out. Now, it didn't happen overnight. It took a little while. But I knew the only way I was ever not going to be picked on was to get strong. The only way you're ever, ever going to defeat the enemy is you've got to learn to get strong in the Lord. And that takes work. That takes time. That's not just a pass through. It's going to take some time. Getting stronger spiritually is like growing physically. It took me a matter of four years to really get strong. It's going to take us some years to get strong spiritually. So you got to start somewhere. So start at the beginning. For you see, our strength doesn't come from the physical. Our strength comes from the fear of the spiritual. I'm going to show you a picture. See, most of us, when we want to fight, we'd like to choose the guy on the right-hand side. I mean, after all, look at him. He's huge. Look at the abs. He's ripped. I mean, he's massive. And we think that our physical battles are going to be able to help our spiritual life. And so what we do is we spend so much time on the physical that we forget the spiritual. Let's be honest. If we were going to a fight today, there was no way you'd choose that guy on the left. There's no way. You say, I wouldn't choose him ever. And that's our problem. We are trying to fight the wrong fight. So the way that we become strong physically is just as simple. You've got to spend quality and quantity time 
in the gym. Period. Listen, if you go to the gym and get on your phone and hang out, you're not going to get strong. It just doesn't work that way. you got to get under the weights. If you go to the gym for five minutes a day, that's not going to work either. you got to spend time. And not only that, if you're new to this, you're probably going to need to get a trainer. Somebody that can help train you and motivate you. Because if anybody's ever worked out, after the first day you work out and your muscles are screaming, you say, okay, I'm ready to quit. I'm done. I remember as a freshman going to guys as seniors and going to my coach and my athletic trainers and I said, I want to get stronger. Tell me what I need to do. They showed me what to do. They gave me the ways of doing it. And that's what I did. And that's how I got stronger. The same thing applies to our spiritual life. If we're ever going to get strong spiritually, you have to spend quality and quantity time with the Lord. Reading one verse on the fly is not going to work. You're not going to get strong spiritually. And that's why you keep getting beat up spiritually. That's why you suffer over and over again because we are not spending quality and quantity time with the Lord. We've got to do that. If you ever wanted an example, you won't want to hear this, but I got to tell you, if you ever want an example, there was a man who got up before daylight and spent time with the Heavenly Father. Worked hard, long hours. And then after the day was over, he would go back at night and spend long, hard hours with the Heavenly Father again. And there are some nights that he would even pray through the entire night. Because he realized what he was facing the following day, he would need the Father's love and the Father's wisdom to help him do that. Do you know what I'm talking about? Jesus Christ. So we may need to get up before daylight. I know this will shock some of you, but five o'clock does come twice a day. <laughs> and for others, ten o'clock does come twice a day. We've got to learn to spend that time with the Father. Listen, the disciples spent three years with Him before He sent them out by themselves. What we learn from the Bible is that in order for us to stand ground and to stand firm, in order for us to quit being defeated in our daily life, we've got to spend quality and quantity time with the Lord. Not only that, people who lift weights need a trainer. Well, if you're just getting started, you need a trainer. That trainer would be some pastors here at River of Life, some church leaders, some friends that will keep you accountable. Let me tell you what, if you're just getting started reading the Bible, find an accountability partner. And ask your accountability partner every day, say, have you spent time with the Lord? One of the greatest friends I have is Andre White. And Andre White is a blessing because every time we talk, you know, it's the first question you ask me. What is the Lord telling you? What, what you've been hearing from the Lord lately? Boy, you want to talk about being accountable. You got to be accountable. Church, we are battling the devil every day. And the only way we're going to defeat him is to spend that time with the Lord. For you see, that battle that we fight each and every day takes place here. Takes place in our mind. The battle you fight every day of your life takes place in your mind. It took place in my mind 
years ago, it takes place in my mind even today, that the enemy tries to convince me something that I'm not. You have to learn to take control of your mind. The Bible makes it clear, Romans 5, 8, 5 tells us that the sinful nature thinks about sinful things. Sinful things. However, if you're controlled by the Holy Spirit, you're going to think about spiritual things. And Romans 12 tells us we have to renew our mind. We have to change the way that we're thinking. If we're ever, ever going to beat the enemy, we got to change the way he's thinking. If you are struggling today with some areas of your life, if some people are getting the best of you, it's because you have allowed the enemy to get in your mind and put things in there that shouldn't be in there. And when the devil has control of your mind, it's easily done. If you are saturating your mind over and over again with social media and you're leaving the Lord out of it, you're in trouble. You're in trouble. When somebody squeezes you, you know, when you squeeze a tube of toothpaste, what comes out? Toothpaste. When somebody squeezes you, guess what comes out? What's ever in you? If the Lord is in you, he's going to come out. If the ways of the world are in you, it's coming out. Listen, if you want to change the way you speak, you got to saturate and fill your life with God's word. If you want to change the way people treat you, you got to change the way you treat them. How do you do that? you got to fill your life with the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'll never forget, I was, um, I was a wrestling coach many years ago. And we had this wrestler weigh 275 pounds. Strong as an ox. In fact, he went to play for the University of Georgia football team as an offensive guard. At that time, I weighed about 135 pounds. He was stronger than me, definitely heavier than me, and younger than me. But all I had to do was start talking to him and get in his head. He could never beat me to save his life. I beat him like a rag doll. You know why? Because all I had to do was get up here. All the enemy has to do is get up here. So we have to be strong in the Lord. But not only do we have to be strong in the Lord, but we also have to be strong in his mighty power. That's a key. Verse 10 says, be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. I love the way if you go back and read Ephesians 1.19, here's how some translations translate God's power. NLT calls it incredible. NAS calls it surpassing. New King James calls it exceeding and ESV calls it immeasurable. God's power is just that strong. And so what we have to understand is that I prepare for the fight. I get ready for the fight, but I cannot fight this fight unless I fall up under the guides and the means of the Holy Spirit to lead me. If I think I can do it on my own, I am in trouble. I must rest upon the Lord. I still have the responsibility of prepping and preparing and going out. But I must rest in the Lord for him to take care of my battles. I was an 11th grader. Back then in 11th grade, I think I was benching like 230 pounds. And, and I remembered I was wrestling. And we went over to Jacksonville. And I went out on the mat. And I shook, stuck my hand out. And when this guy grabbed my hand, he grabbed it like a little girl. You know, let me tell you what now. Guys, men, 
When you grab a man's hand, grab it firm, okay? <laughs> grab it firm. Be a man. Look him in the eye and grab it. Makes all the difference. But let me tell you what. In a moment's time, when he grabbed my hand, I got arrogant. I thought, well, this will be easy. This won't take long. He beat me. Smart him got in my head because I thought he was going to be easy and he beat me. I never forgot that. The next year I faced him again. However, this time I knew to be humble and prepared. And I beat him in 13 seconds. (laughs) What you need to understand is that we can never ever become arrogant. We have to remain humble and faithful to the Lord. And when we remain humble and faithful to the Lord, He's going to help us do the things we need to do. I'm going to pull the picture back up again. So here's this picture. So here's, if you haven't figured it out, this is David and Goliath. A little exaggerated. Goliath quite wasn't that big, but just for illustration purposes. David had no way of beating Goliath ever. No way. You understand? Goliath was a trained warrior. He stood about nine foot six. His weapons were so heavy, most men couldn't hardly throw them. There was no way physically David could beat Goliath. No way. There is no way you and I will physically ever defeat the enemy. But David said, you come with me with a javelin and a spear, but I come with you in the name of the Lord. David was prepared. David came to fight. And God filled David and killed Goliath. That is how you defeat the impossible odds in your life. It's through the love of the Lord. Through the power of His might. It's not by might. It's by my power, says the Lord. Nothing we do ever in life can be done on our own strength. It's through God's love and God's strength. And when you and I learn to hit our knees and pray, when you and I learn to get before Him and seek His wisdom and leadership, life gets real easy to understand. I am still battling the enemy today. And you're going to battle the enemy till you take your last breath. The only difference is how you learn to battle him. Earlier in my life, I used to have what I call the knee-jerk reaction. I used to respond pretty quick. That didn't really help. Now I've learned that when I hear something, and, and I've, I've been told over and over again, my, my senior pastor tells me, he says, never play poker, you don't have a poker face. <laughs> when I hear something, before I even say a word or react, I just get before the Lord and say, okay, Lord, help me to understand this. Help me to process this before I ever begin to respond or react. Just want to give you that this morning. When things get in your way, before you ever decide to respond or react, get before the Lord and ask Him, what do I do here? How do I respond? How do I react? Makes all the difference in the world. So we got to be strong in the Lord. we got to learn to be humble and be in the power of His might. We fall up under his submission to leadership and we follow his word and what he tells us to do. But also, third, we've got to be fully equipped. Look at verse 11. It says, put on what? All. And why do we need to put on all the armor of the Lord? So that you may be able to stand firm against what? All the strategies of the devil. It's just simple. You can't go and fight the enemy unless you are fully prepared. So let's put it this way. Could you imagine... Because there'll be some football games on today. They, they get in the locker room. They put on their knee pads. 
put on their thigh pads, put on their shoulder pads, put on their mouthpiece, and then they run out ready to play with no helmet on. You would say, how foolish is that? Well, wait a minute. They're almost fully equipped. They're just lacking one little thing. You'd say, Pastor Chuck, that would be stupid. Have you ever watched these football games and you watch these guys fight and the first thing they do, they take off their helmet? I'm thinking, dude, you are stupid. Why would you take off your helmet in a fight? I'm going to leave my helmet on. (laughs) Could you imagine playing baseball? You put on your cleats, you put on your uniform, put on that little black eyeliner to keep the sun out, put on your hat, and you walk out on the field without your glove. It's no different for the spiritual person that doesn't fully equip themselves for the battle they face. We have to be careful, church, not to be too arrogant and not to be fully prepared for the battles that we face. And when we finally do all those things, when we get before the Lord and spend quality and quality time with Him, when we learn to trust Him and follow His leadership and trust His power, and we fully equip ourselves for the enemy, then guess what's going to happen? We're going to be able to stand firm against Him. That's what verse 13 says. Therefore, put on every piece. You can tell Paul had, um, I guess, a stubborn group of people he was talking to. Because this is the second time. Yes, I'm talking about us. We're stubborn. Paul wants to remind me and you. Put on every piece of God's armor so that you will be able to resist the enemy. Now, please hear me. Notice what it says. Resist. You know why it says resist? Because guess what? He comes back. I mean, it's not over. You resist him today. It's not like he's going to leave you and you're done. Trust me, he'll come back tomorrow. And if you're not fighting the enemy right now, that's because you're on the same side. Just saying. If you're not struggling, if you're not fighting, that's because you're on the same side. So we're going to be able to resist him, the enemy, in the time of evil that after the battle, notice this, after the battle, you're going to be standing firm. Not that you're barely going to make it out, not that hopefully and prayerfully you're going to get through it. No, the Bible says when we do what God's word tells us to do, when the battle is over against the enemy, I'm going to be standing victorious and firm. I'm going to be upright because I did it God's way. I did it under his leadership. I still prepared myself for the battle. For you see, when the enemy tempts you about how you look, you got to know the word of God. On what does the Bible say that? I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. When the enemy tempts you about temptation and things that matter, you've got to know the word of God to defend it. And if you don't know the word of God to defend it, you will be beaten. That's why it's important that we get before the Lord and speak to him with all of our heart. I know you'll say, Pastor Chuck, I've tried my best to read and understand the Bible and I can't. You know why you can't? For two reasons. Number one is because you probably haven't asked the Holy Spirit to help you. And number two is you're only reading the Bible to get out of it what you can get out of it. I want to encourage you this morning, rather than reading the Bible at your paradigm, why don't we change your paradigm? Why don't you read the Bible to see 
I want to know the Lord better today rather than me. Let me just throw this curve into you. You may not understand the Bible, but the Bible understands you. And when you get before the Lord and seek Him, He will give you a verse. He will give you revelation. And when you read it, you'll go, wow, how did you know that? Just like some of you this morning saying, Pastor Chuck, if you've been checking my mail, you're speaking right to me. No, it's the Lord. He knew you needed to hear this today. And so he's speaking to you. But what we have to be careful of is that we've got to be careful to fight the fight of faith. And any time we are defeated in the fight of faith, it's basically for two reasons. Number one, you're weak and you're not prepared. Or number two, you're arrogant. The stronger we get in the Lord, the more confident we become in facing trials and temptations. Now, don't mistake this. Do not mistake arrogance for confidence. So let me tell you this way. You're going to see this on the screen. Confidence is trusting in God's mighty power. Arrogance is trusting in your own power. That's the difference. For you see, when I had this battle 20-something years ago that I wasn't worthy to be in the ministry, I wasn't good enough to be in the ministry, I wasn't even thought about being in the ministry. Nowadays, when the, the enemy wants to do that, I say, no, 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 no. God's called me. I remember at 17 years old, God calling me into the ministry. So liar, no. This is the truth. And when he tries to tell me I'm not doing what I need to do, I say, no, this is what the word of God says. Liar, this is the truth. What's nice is that when he comes at me again today or tomorrow, and it'll be in a new way, it'll be something different. But you know what? I'm going to be confident. It may be tough. He may rock my world. You ever had your world rocked by the enemy? He may rock your world, but if you trust In the past things that God has done in your life, you'll say, well, if God's delivered me from this, he'll deliver me from this too. I'm not worried. I got it. I'm there. So the question we may be asking this morning in closing is this, what piece or pieces are you missing from your life? Because you may be saying this morning, Pastor Chuck, I have struggled like crazy. And I don't think God has ever helped me in my life. The reason why he's never helped you. Is because you've never surrendered to him. The very first step in defeating the enemy is you have to come to Jesus and say, Jesus, I need you. I have screwed my life up enough. I need you to help me. And God, today, I'm going to surrender everything to you. I'm going to surrender my job to you. I'm going to surrender my family to you. God, I'm going to surrender my life to you. God, I'm giving you my all. Lord, today I need you. That's the first step. And so this morning, if you want to overcome all the battles that you're facing, the first step is making Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. Lord means to be the boss, the total ruler of your life. And when he becomes that, the enemy has no choice. And no challenge. Do you realize there really isn't a challenge between God and the devil? You always hear, well, good and evil, they fight against each other. No, they don't. God is almighty. He created Satan. He could just breathe and take him out. 
He's our Lord. But He wants you and me to fall underneath Him. So your first step is to make Him the Lord and Master of your life. Number two is, maybe you haven't been working out spiritually. Maybe it's time that you symbolically say, you know what, Pastor Chuck? I'm getting ready to lay social media down at this altar. I'm getting ready to lay a lot of things down at this altar. Maybe it's your job. There are a lot of things that are getting in the way between you and the Lord. Trust me, we've got to work. But you've got to have the Lord first. And you need to probably lay some things down this morning at the altar and say, you know what? God, I have spent way too much time on TikTok. God, I've spent way too much time on Facebook. God, I've spent way too much time looking at golfing instructions. I'm going to get before you. Because what really matters in my life is not those videos. It's you. God, I want to make you first in my life today. So I'm going to lay these down at the altar. Maybe this morning you're just missing a trainer. Listen, God never, ever, ever intended for you to do life alone. That's why he created the church so that we could help you. We could grow you. But let me be honest with you. We're just not here to help grow you. You're here to help grow us. We're a family. We do this together. And so where are you this morning? If you're being defeated in your life each and every day, make sure Jesus is the Lord of your life. Make sure you're spending quality time with him. Lay some things here at the altar symbolically. Or maybe say, I'm ready to have a trainer. I want to join this church so somebody can help mentor me and grow me in the Lord. And when you do those things, not my word, the Bible says you will be able to stand firm after the battle is over. So you no longer have to hang your head, church. You can stand firm When you do what the Lord has asked you to do. Pray with me. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, I thank you for your word and how life changing it is to our lives. And Lord, in the name of Jesus, I pray today that the enemy will be gone. That Holy Spirit, you'll speak right now and you'll drown out every lie he's saying right now. That we will hear the truth. And Lord, that truth will set us free. So I pray That we this morning will surrender to you as Lord and Savior, the boss of our life. Today, Father, we're going to give up things that are keeping us from you. And today we are going to be trained by you and our mentors so that we can fight the fight of faith. So Holy Spirit, move right now. And I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you again for listening to this message from River of Life. If this message has touched you today, or if you need someone to pray with, please contact us at 850-926-1200 or email us at info at rolcrawfordville.com. We also want to encourage you to visit us this Sunday morning at 1030 a.m. in Crawfordville. Please visit us online at rolcrawfordville.com for more information and directions.